Welcome to Bad Kitty Media Pod, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything. This is episode 12, and today we're going to be talking about strategy games. Andy, I know you're very familiar with strategy games, and from what I've heard, you're very good at them. What's your favorite strategy game? I'm okay. I'm not really, really good or anything. Lies. I'm, Lies. like, mediocre. At best. At best, I'm mediocre. My favorite uh, strategy game is actually Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Like the, the card game? Yeah, so it's not um, particularly difficult. I just like the dynamics that go on when you're playing the game. I like the... Because each card strategy game is going to play slightly differently, and I like the dynamics of Yu-Gi-Oh! more than most other strategy card games. Like Magic. I also know that you used to play Magic a lot in high school. Yeah, yeah, I played like most card games. That's a huge dichotomy because I have literally never played any of these card games in my life. Not even once. Like, I think poker. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! once. Oh, never played. poker I have played, but I don't remember the rules. I kind of remember how to play, but I don't remember any of the card matches or the rules. I am decent at poker, and I've played a decent amount. But here's the thing. I think you're Every time I play, they have to explain the rules to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Every single time. If I was explained the rules once, I think I can get the game. But Not for me. <laughs> well, what I mean is like once before I play and I'll be good the rest of the match. That's how I am. Okay. But every single game I have to be explained. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Me too. Um, I'm not actually very good at strategy games. I, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but every time I play chess, I lose. Every single time. Because I always play against people who are at least okay at it. I lose. Because I kind of struggle with thinking that many steps ahead. Have you I haven't tried trying on your phone? I... Always tell myself I'm going to, but then I just there's this really don't. there's this really good one called Chess.com, and it's like super simple, and you can play against AIs and you can play against other people, and it matches you really well. That's okay. I Chess. I did that. I used to spend a bunch of time playing that in class because school. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so checkers, uh, checkers, and chess are obviously strategy games that we all know about. Checkers is a lot easier. I, I usually win checkers because that one's easier. Chess, I don't really think far enough ahead. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic are very similar. And there's like an online card game. Uh, what's it called? Hearthstone? Do you play yeah. that? Yeah, I play all of this. Okay. <laughs> um, there's this game that I do play that strategy that I'm actually pretty decent at. And it's called Polytopia. And it's your favorite? Uh, yeah, it's actually my favorite strategy game, I'd say. It's very similar to any other run-of-the-mill civilization game. The main premise is you have, you start with nothing on a board, like which is an environment, and you have a certain amount of resources. You spend those resources to get better skills, and you explore the environment, and you get more people, and then you finally encounter the enemy, and whoever wins, wins. That sounds like uh, Settlers of Catan, if you've ever played that. I've actually not played that. It's, uh, that's it's an actual board, board game, Okay. Uh, and it's very similar just without the fighting. It's oh, okay. more like whoever gets there first. Oh, I see. This one is very much like, there's two modes, there's domination and perfection. You can either get like uh, a high score based on the amount of turns or you can destroy your opponents. It's a relatively simple version of like the civilization strategy games. I know that there's a ton of like PC and probably console games, probably more like PC games that are civilization in nature um, that are really, really complicated. You have like all kinds of different resource management this one is like very simple and very easy to play, but I know I've gotten pretty decent at it, at the very least, at least from the people I've played, but I haven't played any like crazy good players. 
Yeah, I liked playing Civilization on, like, my laptop. That yeah. was a big game for me for a while. I I like those type of games because it's, like, a, a system of rules that you can kind of understand because it's based off of, like, things that are relevant to big groups of people. And, you know, it's, you have to manage resources, you have to manage an army, you have to manage the environment around you, and you have to, like allocate resources in a way that will be advantageous to you and to an unknown aggressor. So early in the game, you have to, at least in Polytopia, stuff on the, I guess, tech tree is what it's called, gets more expensive the further in the game you get. So if you commit to a branch sooner, it's cheaper. But that also means that if you commit to sailing, for instance, and then you find out that your opponent is also in sailing, it's just literally gonna be like, who has more, like enough stars to like, out like drown the other one with with like enemies however like you know it's sometimes it's better if you have a different tech tree than your opponent because then you can like go around do different things use different troops or you can like spread out your points to not be specialized in anything it's it's one of those things that you have to like pick a strategy going in but be able to adapt which i'm really good at doing because i don't usually commit to any particular strategy going in I at first usually go for like exploratory so I can get as many like towns and then get a ton of income and then from there commit to a strategy once uh, the enemy presents itself. But only when the enemy presents itself. Have you ever played Battleship, Andy? You've never yes, played? Yes, I've, oh, I've you played have? Battleship. Okay. I, was, I was joking. Battleship is fun. Battleship is great. I, I think that's probably the first strategy game I was exposed to as a kid. It's kind of basic, but... Very was, simple. You can use algorithms. Yeah, I either had great luck with it or terrible luck with it. I would always like go across the board in such a way that I'm likely to hit a ship. And then if I find a ship, I'd like to divvy it up into sections. I don't remember exactly how I sectioned it off, but I wouldn't just shoot randomly. I always had sections. Yeah, that's how I did it basically. And then I guess algorithm is a strong word to use, but it's more of an if then statement. That's right? exactly what yeah. algorithm is. And then if a series of hit, instructions. Yeah, if you hit, you must follow this code. If you to it something different yeah that's if I how hit, I play. then i always like do the next four around it right. and then based off it that you know right you go um which the only thing that really beats that is lucky people <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, I either did really good because of my strategy or i just had crap luck and i would just get everywhere but where their ship was yep yeah <laughs> and i didn't i usually didn't do i think my weakness in the game is when i put a uh, a shot down i wouldn't shoot consecutively next to it unless it was um, like a hit. So I would spare, space my shots out to get a wide net, but having a wide net means that I miss a But if a you land things. right next to one and then you go across the board, you're missing it. Exactly. Right. I would I would do it like every other, yeah. and then I'd start filling in other places so that there's not very many places that are three or four long left. However, the smaller shifts, ships were really hard for me to find because of how spread out my net was. Right. The big ships I got almost immediately. But the small ships were like luck, a hit or miss, to be honest. So you like Civilization and you like Battleship, but you said you've never played chess. No, I have played chess. I'm just not good at it. Oh, okay, okay. It's the card games I haven't really played. Um, and you've played checkers. Oh, yeah. I've, What's your win to loss ratio on checkers? I have no idea. It's been like seven years since I've seriously played. But my win to loss ratio with my dad was lose, lose, lose. Ah, I win. Lose, lose, lose. Ah, I win. But with people who were... I guess my age group, it was like 50-50. Yeah, so... So I would... That's like, what I was going to say, is my dad is the one who taught me how to play chess, and to this 
day, I still can't beat him. Oh, no, my. <laughs> if I go to my dad right now, I'm like, I'll play chess with you. I, I swear, he could probably be writing an email and playing chess and watching TV at the same time, and I'll pay full attention to chess, and he will still destroy me. I could imagine him doing it. We used to actually... Uh, <laughs> We usually never had the time to sit down and play chess, but what we would do is put the chess out on the dining room table and do one move as whenever we had a chance and then put a card on the opponent's side to indicate it was their turn. So we'd have a game like of chess that lasts. Scrabble. Yes. You do the same thing with Scrabble. Yeah. So we'd have a game of chess that lasts like two months, which means I always forgot my strategy, but it was still fun playing. That sounds like, that almost sounds like more fun than just sitting down and doing it all at once. Yeah, because I would go by and I'm like, I'm looking at the board and I'm like, huh. I look at it, think about it. Next day I come back, I'm like, ah, I know what move I'm gonna do. I would still lose most of the time. Yeah. Like nine times out of 10, but it was still fun. <laughs> I think that's what I like about strategy games is it's low stakes. And even if you lose, it's still fun. Unless you're winning for something, then it's not as fun. But I've always had fun even when I lose. Yeah, it sounds like fun spacing out a game like that. Uh, I, I've always done that with Monopoly. If you don't get through, just leave the board where it is and then pick it up next week or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I, I wouldn't really consider s Scrabble as much of a strategy game, but yeah, like the but same the thing setup, employs. The setup. Yeah, you just put the Scrabble board down, put like your board like upside down, and then have trust that your family won't look at it. I always look at my dad's, but I would still lose. And then you okay. just play it over the course of a few months. So for checkers, scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like it? Checkers, I like because I have a lot of memories associated with it. If you've ever been to the restaurant called Cracker Barrel, they have a lot of checkers boards. Same. I like checkers simply because of the memories I have, not because I like the game. The game is kind of annoying. I don't know why, <laughs> I just don't like it that can much. can only move one square at a time. Yeah, and it's the same pieces. I don't know. I don't like it that much. But... Chess, scale of 1 to 10. It would be 8 out of 10 if I was good at it. Because I suck, it's like 6 out of 10. But I think if I like commit more time to like learning, so what is checkers like a four? Yeah, checkers is like a four. Chess is like a six to eight, depending on my skill level. And Polytopia is like an eight, just because like it's easy to play. Battleship. Oh, ten out of ten. Risk. Risk. Okay, Risk is another board game that I have grown up playing. That I still kind of suck at, but I like that one probably seven out of ten. Um, because it is kind of similar to a civilization game because you have resources and an army you have to manage, but it's less focused on the resources and more on the army and divvying up where you want your army to control territory. And it's like a balance between more territory means you get more army pieces, but more territory means you have less pieces per floor. And then you have to be able to manage like the risk of the rolls, and then you have to keep track of the cards, which are pseudo-random. So you have to like worry about randomized things and still strategize against that. So Which I I, cool. I've only played Risk a couple times, the, the actual board game. But me and my dad, me and my dad, um, we got a video game called Risk Factions, and it's a really fun game. Um, Steam just took over my computer. I can't do anything. Um, so yeah, it's a really fun game, and it's simplified Risk basically. Oh, okay. I think I've played uh, like a, a online, or I guess. A, a simplified version of Risk, but it's that phone game uh, on my phone. It's not as simplified, but it is not as fun playing it on the phone, I think. It's nice having the actual physical board. What was the name of that infection game that was a strategy game? Plague Inc. That was a good game. Yeah. I learned about Plague Inc. actually watching YouTubers uh, when I was younger in middle school, and it was a big thing uh, to a lot of the people I was around in middle school. 
and I had a crappy phone at the time. So I, I never really got to play it until I was like in middle of high school. And I I still like, I still like every once in a while, like probably every six months, I'll re-download it, play a few rounds and then I'll install it. Cause it's just fun thinking, ah, destroying all of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Except that game feels kind of one-sided. Humanity just kind of like does nothing for the first half of the game. It's yeah, kind of nice. It's like, I don't know. Guaranteed game, win. Yeah, basically. It's just a matter of how long it takes to win, which is why it's not something I would want to play consistently. I would rather play a game against a person and then, you know, like, learn from that. Yeah. What about you, Andy? What would you rate, I guess, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic? Of card games? Separate from just strategy games, of card games? I think Yu-Gi-Oh! is probably, like, an 8 or 9. Movie. 8 or 9 out of 10? Yeah. Okay. Magic. Magic is probably an 8 or 7 or 8. Okay. Magic is really, really good. I really like magic. I just don't like some of the discrepancies when it comes to pay to win. Oh, I see. Yeah. Same thing with Hearthstone. Not so much pay to win as, oh, I've been playing since it came out 12 years ago or whatever, and so I have every card imaginable, and I'm just gonna wreck you. Like, if, if you are a new player, Hearthstone is really, really hard to get into. Okay. So. And that's kind of why I like chess and, you know, uh, risk, because there's no, like, every risk game there's is no technically the same. Exactly. For your mind. Yeah. But that also means it's a lot less expandable, whereas with Hearthstone, they can always add more characters. Yeah. Or cards. Um, what about, what, what's your opinion of chess and checkers? Checkers, I have more memory association than actually really liking the game. Uh, so I'd probably... I don't know, it's a little simple, but my dad still wrecks me in it, so I guess I can't say much. <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably like a six. Six? Okay, that's fair. What about chess? Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten? I love chess. Are you good at chess? Nope. We should play a chess game. Okay. I'm gonna lose, but I'm down. <laughs> I just said I'm not good. <laughs> I'm probably worse, because you actually have more strategy from strategy games. You have the strategic thinking that I don't have. I suppose. Because I am a lazy thinker. <laughs> um, yeah, chess is 10 out of 10. What about Battleship? Yeah, I think it's probably like a five. Five, yeah. yeah. Not the biggest fan of Battleship. You can't Battleship, really expand into it that much. Battleship feels like one of those games where the cousins come out with them and they're like, let's play Battleship. And you're like, I don't really want to. Yeah. <laughs> you, there's not very much strategy you can do in Battleship. But it also depends very heavily on the people. That's true. Right? Um, same thing with Risk. I wouldn't want to play Risk with most people, but if I'm playing with certain people, yeah, I'd like to play it. I think I'd love to play Risk with like uh, you uh, and my other roommate and my friend Josh. I don't know why, but I just feel like that would be a very interesting game of Risk because me and you are kind of similar, but you're a lot more aggressive. Isel is very different, and then I have no idea what Josh's strategy is going to be. Yeah, so I feel like Isel would be easy to take over. All you have to do is like get her emotional, and Joshi is a wild card. I have no freaking clue. <laughs> you are a wild card in the sense that I feel like you just like are gonna know what's going on more than all of us, and then just wait. And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have a power trip while playing that game, and then get cocky, and then lose a lot of progress, and then lose. So or you just told me how to win. Or it's either I'm gonna get a power trip early in the game, and then be strong the first half of the game and then let my weaknesses show and then get destroyed. Or what's gonna happen is I'm gonna be like as, I guess, submissive as I can in the game and not attack anyone and wait until everyone else is weakened. 
but it's there's nothing in between. I'll either not attack anyone and wait till the end to do anything, or I will have a power trip and lose. That That is the only two options I have when I play that game. I don't know why that is, but, you know, that's just how I play. <laughs> At least that game. Or maybe am I just telling you this so you have a false strategy to beat me? <laughs> um, no. And then Hearthstone, what did I give Hearthstone? Hearthstone's I think, a pretty... I think you gave it like a medium score. Yeah, it's like a lower rating just because of the buried, pay to win. buried entry is kind of hard. High. Uh, high. What about Queen's Chess? Even though neither of us have played it. So give it a rating just looking at it. Queen's Chess, from what I've been looking at at this game, is a kind of like a connect for chess using queen pieces that have the same moves. And instead of like taking them, you just prevent other people from moving based off of the way the queens can move, which I think is pretty interesting. And I think that would be a very fun short strategy game because you have it established seem, pieces. It does seem like it'd be short. And they're playing with good people. Maybe not. I honestly think I'd really like Queen's Chess because it lowers the complexity of chess because you only have one piece to worry about and one goal with less ways to do it. But I also think that there's a lot you can do with that less complexity, given the framework of like, all it is is just like a grid with pieces that move back, forth, and diagonally to prevent other pieces on that grid from making a line. Yep. So I'll... that one kind of sounds like it's a lot of going back and forth, like, ah, I'm setting this up. Oh, he blocked that. I need to reset something else up. I'll give everyone a deal. If we can hit 25 plays on this episode, me and Aiden will get all Queen's Chess and learn it live. And then play learn it live. Other. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. On Instagram. Live on Instagram. At Vaticated Media. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> At I'm just kidding. I'm not going to plug myself. So, what is the weirdest game that you found, Aiden? Okay, so... Everyone here probably knows of a very infamous man named Donald J. Trump. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, that's his, that's his name. Are you sure? Okay, regardless, Donald Trump. Um, very controversial figure. We're not here to talk about that. What we're going to talk about is the fact that he has a board game. It's literally called the Donald Trump board John. game. His middle name is John. Yeah, Donald J. Trump. He has a board game. I didn't know he had... A middle name? Well, I figured he had a middle name. I just didn't know it was John. Stupid. I've seen a. I've seen Donald John Trump Monopoly. No, but this is different because it's not using Monopoly rules. Um, let's see. I'll read the description right now. Uh, in the first part of the game, players circle the board, feeding money into eight available properties. Then bidding on those properties not being able to see how much a property is worth, and collecting quote-unquote trump cards. When all the properties are gone, the negotiation phase begins. Players use their trump cards to buy and sell the properties. Some cards have huge payoffs and others don't. After each player has passed their turn, the property values are revealed, and the player with the most money wins. So it's not quite Monopoly, but it has the same principle of like going off of like properties. But um, this does not sound like a very fun game. If you want me to be honest, it sounds kind I'd of like... I'd rather just play Monopoly. Or poker at that point. If I'm going to bet on stuff, I might as well just play poker. Or like blackjack. I guess it makes sense given Donald Trump's brand. I don't know. This just seems like a really boring game and such a weird game. It seems like a game just to stroke an ego. Like, hey, I have a board game. Not very well thought out, but I have a board game. What about you, Andy? Can you find a weirder game than Donald Trump game? <sighs> 
Can I give you more than one answer? Life. You mean like being alive? The game of life. Uh, is it the one where you have the, the nodes? And if you have two nodes surrounding it, it survives. Do you have more or less, it dies? No. Oh, no. Never mind. The game of life. You've never played the game of life? Look it up. Oh, the game of life. Yes, I have not played that. But you know what I'm talking about. Not really. You want to know what the original name for that game was? Um, is it the game of capitalism? No, that's Monopoly. Disgrace. Poverty. Ruin. Crime. Prison. Or, or the game of suicide. Okay, that's a way cooler name. That's a I would have bought the game instantly if I saw that title. Way different. The concept of the board looked way different, and it was a lot more grim, I suppose. Um, Milton Bradley is the one who designed that game. The original concept of it. Um, and that one's kind of like a game that simulates, like, I guess, society. You have a certain like your stats when you're born and then you see what you can do with those stats and then you could lead to success suicide or like poverty i'm assuming it's like an oversimplified version of like being alive sort of not really so if you look up uh i can't really show you the game of life i'll just look it up here that's what the board looked like Fascinating. it looked way different than what it looks like now that is weird um and hold on, hold on. There's more. So is this a weird game just because of like its weird origins? Uh, so in in the game, the whole point was to kill themselves, like to kill their character, and so uh, that's why it was called suicide. So basically, the person who kills himself first is the winner. After you have had all your children, affairs, and midlife crises, win or lose, you die at the end of life. No matter what. That's how the board game works. That's weird. Yeah. That's kind of weird. weird. But that's not the weirdest board game. I have one weirder. So, can you tell me what the most dangerous board game in the world is? So, instead of doing Russian roulette with a gun, what you do is you get a board and you put it on top of some spikes and you take turns jumping on it head first until the board breaks. And whoever jumps on it, at the right time when like it's weakened enough to break is the person that dies. It's the same thing as Russian Roulette, except you're taking chances right, of when the board's gonna break. Board game. But with <laughs> surface area, it would never break though. Depends on how weak Haven't you seen board. Shaolin monks? They, that's their whole stick. That you need to find a, like, a board that's strong enough to like step on, but a board that's not strong enough to consistently so step on. Oh, it has to be like Because you can walk dry on spikes. Wall. Drywall. Oh, no, no, you just like have a pit with spikes in the bottom. So oh, you a will pit. Die. Oh, okay. You I will see. die. I thought you went like on top of the spikes. No, like, no. You, you would no, no, you have the board over a pit with spikes and then you so take turns jumping on you're it. You're wrong. And Something that already exists. Is it a game where it's a normal board game, but the risk is if you lose, you die? Because in that case, then poker. Because I'm going to bet my entire life on this hand and then I lose. Okay, well, then enlighten me. So. It is generally, it's a general consens consensus that the board game Diplomacy is the most dangerous board game. And listen to this. The game is not itself inherently dangerous in any way. It is, however, likely to ruin your friendships and cause people close to you to swear themselves your eternal enemies. So Una, but board version. 
I think the thing with this is that the way it works is it operates basically very closely to real-world politics. Oh, and so like so, risk on steroids. And so how bad the game is, is depends on the hearts of the people playing, basically. Oh, I would love to play this game. And so that's why... Yeah. <laughs> so... So... That's a general consistent consensus. I'm sure there's more da technically dangerous games, but that's the worst game generally accepted. So the... Oh, wow. This board is literally... It shows a map of Northern Africa and Europe. So they're not even, like, yeah. joke. They, they, they make it as realistic looking as yeah. possible. With, like, different regions. Very similar to Risk. Land, great powers. Oh, so you have to deal with supply chains and... Very cities. Oh... That is so cool, and it's literally the it reflects the political boundaries of Europe in 1914. So it's like a World War One board game. I would love to play this board game and show you how I would win World War One. <laughs> and you can be the, the the allies, I guess, and get destroyed by um, pre Mussolini because I don't remember who the leader of Italy was. No, Italy was allied in World War One. Anyway, not the point. So that I think is a pretty weird. I think your games were weirder for different reasons than mine were. Yours were weird because of the way they're played. Mine is weird because it exists. Donald Trump working. Oh, it, yeah. that, that one should just not yeah. exist. That, that's just a curse. <laughs> so, Aiden, we've been talking about all these different board games, but I want to be the best at all of them, no matter what, all the time. All right, so probably a wrong person to ask for this, but I did some research. And here are the three, I guess, three or four main steps that I have come to the conclusion will help you win any game. Well, maybe not, but it will help. So the first step is to step state your goal. And I don't mean like state your goal as in, oh, I wanna win. Obviously you wanna win, but I mean, you need to find a way you're gonna win. So in checkers, for instance, you're like, oh, what I want to do, my goal is to break his defense and kill his queen with my knight or something, or like it's a video game. But he said checkers. Uh, or like if it's a video game be like okay i want to win win this round with a defensive tank character by just taking a ton of hits and then getting to like their spawn point or whatever like you have to just create have a strength a very specific goal that you need to lock in on and you you develop this strategy as you go the, the whole point of this is iteration you figure out what you want to do the next uh step is to look like jump back i guess is the way of putting it you need to look at your goal and dissect what you need to win. So for instance, if my goal in like uh, a strategy game for civilization would be, I wanna get as many resources as I can and I want to overwhelm them by surrounding them. Just, you don't care about your stats. All you care about is getting enough resources to just overwhelm them with manpower. Not skill, not strategy, just manpower. So what you need to do to do that is find a way to get those points. How do you get those points? You have more land in this case, just for whatever game. So you need to figure out what methods within the game rules will get you the items or stats you need to achieve that goal. And then you need to list out like all the things that the game has available to you to get those and then identify with like a star or a mark on a paper or in your head, what items are most important. Now that you have, I guess, the methods to get to your goal identified, what you need to do is start playing the game. Play it as much as you can and you 
basically just assign numbers to those variables. Like I wanna put 80% of my effort into getting map power. I'm gonna put 20% of my effort into getting land in this region around my opponent. And then you put that much effort into each stat that you want and you play it and you see how it goes. And if you see if something's lacking, you reassign the variable to a different number. And you go, okay, well, I guess I need more effort in healing or more effort in offense or more effort in defense based off of where you went weak last time. And then you keep doing that until you have like a very generalized play strategy that works better than it did before you started. And that's kind of like what I've gotten uh, from researching how to do games. And that's kind of helped me. I do it a less, I guess, formal way, but this is the basic way that I have played before is, oh, I want to do this. You play the game, see how you can get that achieved, and then just try it and try again until you know exactly how much of what to get what you need. It's very iterative. It's not like an actual strategy, but it's a method for creating strategies. So you still have to think and you still have to try things. It's not like it's a end-all be-all. Do you have any thoughts on that since you're the one who actually like plays these a bit more? Is that anything I mean, like your process? That's very, I mean, it's just a very broken down, fully stated version of what I go through to play. But every single game is going to be different, right? Yeah, um, and that's so, why you have to do this for every game that you play. You have to uh, evaluate it differently. Right. And the more you play it, the better you're going to get at it, obviously. Yeah, that's like, the, if you want a simple answer to how to get better at strategy games, is just play more. Well, not necessarily. You have to apply all this that you just said, because if you play it and not intake any information, you're not going to get any better. That's true. You have to learn how to, like, take losing as a lesson and don't get hurt by it. Right. Because if you just get angry every time you lose, you're not going to learn anything. And I think that even applies in real life, actually. Don't get as frustrated. You need to be more patient. Exactly. Treat every single loss as a addition to your tool set of knowing what not to do or knowing how to modify it. Like, oh, I tried this, that didn't work very well. Let me try a slightly different variation on it. But there's, from all the research I've done and all the playing I've done and all the talking to people I've done throughout my whole life, even my dad with the chess, there's not really like a particular strategy. There's just methods of creating your own strategy. There's no one solution for, uh, I think, strategy games. not true. That's not true? It's not true. Each game is going to have a set strategy set, right? So in Magic, the way Magic works is it's color associated. Black is death, red is fire, white is health, blue is water, green is forest, right? Each color has a strategy to it, a set strategy. And if you do not follow those set strategies, you're not going to do well. And you have to be able to combine those strategies to perform well. In chess, I can literally look up a list of chess strategies and they all have names. What you do, what you need to learn how to do is take those and adapt them to what you're doing. That's that kind of what sense? I meant is you, you can't just look at a book and see a set of steps and win the game with those steps every time. You have to find relationships, which is the set strategies you were talking about, and learn how to apply them. Right. And the way to apply them is through the method I was talking you about. Have, you just have to try things. You have a toolbox. Yeah, there we each, go. Each strategy is a tool. Every time you learn a strategy, you get to add a tool to that toolbox. When you start to fight or play someone, you, have, you can now use these tools that you've added to your toolbox. Okay. 
So I guess another thing that I should add to my, my effective strategies guide is learn as much about the mechanics of the game and the way other players play as what you can. Because, I mean, if you see a strategy or I guess a tool that the best chess player in the world is using, you might want to at least try to learn from it because they are the best for a reason. Or like for any trade, really. If you're doing something and you see someone using a different tool than you, might as well learn how they do it because it might help you. If you've been doing multiple different tasks with the same tool, uh, having being able to differentiate and have a wider set of tools is gonna make you more adaptable. If you always use the same two strategies when you play, because you always play against the same person, when someone new comes in who has a completely different strategy, your two strategies might not work. So you have to be able to, I guess, fit a lot on your belt. That's a good metaphor, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, so in chess, you have a bunch of different um, strategies, like the Queen's Gambit, which is a series, it's not the series. The Queen's Gambit is actually the name of a strategy that you use to win. Um, English opening, Four Knights game, Albin counter gambit, Scotch game, Roy Lopez, King's Indian defense, Scandinavian defense. There's a bunch of different ways that you can play it. And so each of those you need to learn so that you can, and uh, do you watch Michelle Carr? No. So what she does is she goes and she lives professional lives for like a week or whatever. And so one of the ones she does, she did was learning how to be a professional chess player. And so she had to go for like eight hours a day and memorize these strategies to oh, then wow. use in a professional chess tournament. Did she do good in that professional? No, absolutely not. She <laughs> got kicked out like third round. But Dang. That aside. <laughs> she's playing against people who've been playing for a very, very long time. Which, guess who was in it? The Grandmaster? Grand chess Champion? game. Mr. Beast. Logic. They were both in it. Did they, they do they decent? Both, yeah, they do. They, and, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Dwight from The Office. He was in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. They, they're all really, really, really good players. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, it's best to learn as many, like, a variety of strategies and be good with a variety. Because if you're only good at one thing, if your opponent knows that you're good at that, they'll just do something that's at your weakness and then you won't be able to combat. Yeah, and one of the... Honestly, one of the best things to do in strategy games is just make sure you're thinking clearly, right? If you start to get emotional about things, if you start to get upset, that those are going to hinder the way you perform, right? Yeah. Um, in fighting, like if you're boxing or MMA fighting or whatever, you, they have what's called tunnel vision. Once you get into a fight, your brain starts to kind of half shut down and focus on only a very small spot of your vision. That's not what you want. So in order to avoid that, what you do is you slow your heart rate, you slow your breathing, you relax, you try and clear your mind. That is how you avoid tunnel vision. And so in strategy games, it's gonna be very, very similar. The more you start to freak out, the more you're like, oh, I'm starting, I'm starting to lose, the, the, the worse you're gonna play. You gotta stay calm, keep a clear mind. Yeah, and I guess, it goes without saying that to be good at strategy games, you have to be good at thinking strategically. Obviously. Which kind of means that you are looking ahead, right? So you need to be able to anticipate what's going to happen next, or at least 
understand the possibilities of what could happen next. Like, oh, Andy has his pieces in this position. He can move here, here, or here. He's likely to move here. Here's how I stay in defense of that. Um, so you need to be able to look ahead, look at possibilities of what could happen, and you need to be able to factor that into your decision. Like, okay, if I do this, is it possible for Andy to use that as an opening? And you know, it's best to think, I guess, a few steps ahead at the very least. Like, okay, I need to set myself up now for this possibility, or I need to set myself up now for what I need to do. You can't just make that things is, on a whim every single and time. And that is a very, very simplified way of thinking of it. Yeah. In chess, you, you, you literally need to understand the way every single piece moves and come up with a retaliation to the opponent's move before they've thought of it for every single piece. And that's why I'm so bad at chess because I there's so many different factors involved that I just don't think about all of it. And I'm just like, ah, this looks like a good move. And then like next thing I know, my opponent has me in a weak spot because they were thinking like seven moves ahead and I was like two moves behind. Like thinking two moves behind the move I just made. You know what I mean? So uh, you're right. That's a very oversimplified version. But the idea still remains that you just need to like have a what if analysis. Like, right, yeah. If I did this, what would happen? If they did this, what do I need to do? You need to get yourself in a position so that if they do the wor worst case scenario, that you're more likely to come out of it alive. Yeah, and I associate strategy games and fighting very heavily. Like when I'm sparring, I think of it as a game. Like that is how I think of it. When you're fighting, if you break it down, you're playing a game. And all you have to do is think of every move and how to retaliate, right? So you can also relate that to war. Right? I think war is probably one of the oldest versions of a game for rich and powerful people. So basically you're saying that war is rich and powerful people's version of like playing a strategy game. I'm not saying that because I don't want to get canceled, but perhaps. <laughs> it, it employs the same things. You have pieces, or I guess people, and you have rules and you have resources that you need to manage to quote unquote win. Yeah, that's literally how it works. So it's just, so the only difference is if you lose, you die. You might or die. your country gets destroyed you and you go to jail. Again, depends on how rich yeah, you are. Yeah, if you're rich enough, it doesn't matter if you lose. You're just like, hey, uh, I'll invest Anyways, in your <laughs> um, So in order to learn about it, and uh, in order to learn about strategy games and war, what you can do is go read Art of War. It's one of the best strategy learning textbooks there is. Is this podcast sponsored by uh, no, Art of War? No, we literally are not legally allowed to say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you messed up. I so asked. Okay. In my defense, I asked. I'm leaving all this in. Yeah, okay. So, explain like some of the strategies that are explained in like Art of War that kind of apply to games. Very, very basic things. It's things that I think... Maybe not everyone, but most people inherently already understand, but it's vocalized and written out so that it's easy to digest. So things like um, sacrificing part of your army, right? So if you have a pass, you don't send your whole army and you only send in part of your army and lure them out, right? Um, uh, to translate that to a fight, you might let them kick your left leg so they can get closer and then jab. Right? You it's, take it's a, a punch sacrifice. so that they have an opening. So it's a sacrifice. Okay. 
moving one of your knights forward to get taken that you can then take whatever like the castle of the queen or whatever that they use to take your knight. Okay. It's a sacrifice for gaining ground, basically. Okay, that makes um, sense. So that is a very basic concept that they, draw, that they draw out very simply for people to understand. And I think like 80% of people have that intuition to think that way. They just, it's never laid out so simply. And so when you read it, you're like, I already knew this, but this book helps. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean, because I have that same way of thinking too. Like, okay, and even in real life, it's like, okay, if I sacrifice this much of my time, here's what I'll gain. Or like, Which if I makes sacrifice... me wonder why you're not good at strategy games, because you think, I think you think pretty strategically about everything. I Do you want to know the honest answer? Yes. I'm too lazy to think too many steps ahead. Well, that's your fault. Because it, it just makes my brain hurt, because I'm like, I look at like 20 pieces on the board. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna move my knight. Okay, your turn. You know, like it's just, it's exhausting. I, maybe I just haven't found the strategy game I like yet, but I just, it's just exhausting and boring because it doesn't seem interesting. At least with chess, it doesn't seem interesting enough for me to want to think about. There's a really fun way of playing chess where you play against yourself that I've done before. And basically what it is, is every time you take a side, you have to think as that side. So, okay, a lot of people when they play against themselves, they'll like move a chess piece forward and then they'll be like, oh, and then I can take it next turn when I'm playing this But you have person. to play you each side as if you're trying to win. Yes, your full attention, 100% trying to win against yourself. Thinking of every single option. Oh, that sounds fun, actually. It's, 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 it, it, like, teases your brain. It, like, makes you think really, really hard about things. And it's a really good way of I think what good. I'll, I think what I'll do with that is I'll try two different strategies and then just try one on each side and just go at it. You can't do that. You can't? You can't do that because then that could be potentially setting up one for loss. No, what I mean is, like, one strategy, I'm going to go, like, I guess attack early and then the other side will be defend and then wait for an opening and then attack mm -hmm. and then just hope that yeah i guess i and guess then as it work it's a very it's hard to be fair though so i think i'd have to it i it's fairly easy for me to do it because i can just break apart i'm on two different sides and i think if, i'll have to practice that before i'm I on white i am only white like i am trying to beat black constantly like 100% I have to think through every single move and what that person whoever that person is playing black could potentially do and then when you go to black you're like all right I need to okay exactly so have you seen that Pixar animation the Pixar short film where it's the old man playing chess against himself except he's okay so it starts out with him like playing chess he moves a piece goes to the other side moves a piece but it gets weirder because like when he takes off his glasses for one and the other and it starts like looking like different acting People. completely different and then eventually it cuts to one of them and he points over and it cuts to him on the other side again <laughs> looks over and then cuts to him on the other side again like picking up the piece and moving the board around. <laughs> like literally like he took it to heart so i think <laughs> yeah that's how you gotta think of it okay so just completely separate the two sides if you can all right andy so now that we're kind of talking about chess the the most infamous probably strategy game i've ever heard of do you know the origins of chess no. I didn't know either. So I did some research because I was kind of curious. I'm like, where the hell did we get like this weird game with these weird pieces that make weird moves from? So 
Chess has been played for like one and a half millennia, so one and a half thousand years so far. Um, and it's dated back to a game called Chaturanga, Chaturanga, uh, which originated in India. This game was very different from the chess we have now, but it was similar in the sense that it had like a checkered board, board and then a ton of different pieces. And I think the goal was to take the most powerful one. Um, we don't have a lot, like there's a lot of different variations of the game as it's developed. So it's not like that was a set game with set rules like we have today, but from India, eventually it traveled up to like Western, Eastern, Western Asia, you know, the Middle East, and then got to Europe which is where we get the modern interpretation of chess that we know today in about 1500, um, 500 years ago, give or take, give or take 200 years probably. Um, and this is where we got the, I guess, the notation for queen, king, rook, bishop, and pawn, because those are all like words that are Roman based, you know, like not Roman based, like English and like monarch based and not like names that would be created in India. This is where the modern version of chess came in. And it's probably changed a little bit since then, but that's really where the framework we have for chess came around. In the early games, uh, which was called the Romantic Era, 17, 1800s, give or take, uh, a lot of the people played this game with quicker moves. It was a very dramatic show. You'd make dramatic moves and you would, it'd still be kind of tactical. Like Kakaguri? Yeah, I think so, what's that? So I just assumed that you were right and said, yeah, I think this, so. <laughs> this was something that I was going to bring up. And so there's an anime. It's called Kakaguri. And it's an anime about a school that everything is ruled by gambling. Oh, I've read like the first episode of the manga. Yeah. So everything is ruled by gambling and the amount of power you have translates to how much money you have. And if you don't and have money, you're basically a servant. Yes. And so the main chick is really, really good. And so she comes in with nothing and basically rules the school by the end of it, right? But there's a couple of concepts. So it's a very dramatic, like, play. They were like, big moves, lots of, like... Oh, I'll bet all my money yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It's like, that's how Kakaguri is. But the other thing I was going to mention from that show is the concept of you win before it even starts. So the concept there is... If you sit down to play a card game, you can win before the game even starts. How so? You look around at all of your opponents, figure out how confident they are, their personality types, and then you are basically like, okay, I will win. That's true. I can see how that would work, especially if they're not expecting that. Just having an opponent go like, like literally believing it in their heart, I will win. Then you're like, what if they know that I don't? Yeah, like, exactly. What, what do they... The only thing, how do they know they're the only win? thing with that strategy is a lot of the games they play are very luck based, like poker, yeah, or like blackjack, yeah. And okay. so sometimes, like, it's not going to obviously work for that, but like in strategy based games, it really helps. Okay, that's okay. So that's kind of like what the earlier version of like chess was like. They would play it to have dramatic effect, and they probably, you know, did that a lot where they're like, "Oh, I'm going to win this," and they did dramatic moves and just put it all in. Anyways. Uh, as it got um, more mature, uh, chess tournaments started. Uh, more modern chess tournaments started in the late 80s. And, you know, that's the professional ones that we know today where they have timers and they have groups of people that get together and they play and they have a grand, like, grand chess master. Chess has been dominated by people, but in 1997 it was beat. Uh, supercomputer beat them. So ever since then, uh, technically the best chess players in the world have been supercomputers. But if you go off of humans, the 
the, the chess players and the chess matches we have today basically started in the 80s when we have the matches. But um, chess tournaments have been around for a bit longer. Since 1851, they had the first chess tournament. Uh, the, the problem was players took a long, long time to think about their moves. So they had an idea of like a, a bank of time. Like you have two hours for 30 moves or similar systems to prevent players from playing playing too long yeah and that's kind of what led to the more modern chess tournaments that we have today is this idea of like you have only so much time so not only do you have to play your opponent you have to play the clock and how to strategically use the time you have allocated to you so yeah chess is a very old game but it's developed a lot in the past century or two, especially in the past two now humans aren't even the best chess players anymore so we've been talking a lot about chess but how do strategy games like this affect our so, there's been a lot of studies, um, I'm not going to cite them here, but I've seen a few and I'm just going to sum up like what I've seen. So, one of the things that strategy games, especially if you play them consistently, like video games or board games, is it can increase uh, brain volume, because um, you're thinking a lot. So think of the brain as a muscle. If you use your brain and think strategically and tricky situations a lot, you're going to get better at that. If you never use your brain, you're never going to get good at that. So playing video games or having playing strategy games is kind of like a uh, brain exercise. Um, there's growth found in the hippocampus, which is uh, used for organizing and storing memories. The prefrontal cortex, which ha is decision-making skills, I believe. Um, the cerebellum, which is decision-making. And then there's like part of the frontal lobe that have to do with problem solving and planning. And there's other parts of the brain that have to do with visual, visual thinking and voluntary muscle movement, all kinds of things. But basically, it just improves the areas of the brain that you're using, which is coordination, planning ahead, memory, and control of emotions. There's also studies that show that it improves visual attention, which basically means you're good at silencing out visual information that's useless to you. Yeah, um, and I know that like shooter, like FPS games, have been known to improve three thinking in 3D and oh, yeah. identifying objects, like being able to identify a teammate versus a, a someone on the other team. Exactly, because you have to get good at that really fast, and that's just going to make that part of your brain like work really hard. And then puzzle games like Portal or like the tile games, those are going to be good for problem solving so it depends on the type of game you're playing action is better for like motor skills and reaction puzzle games are better for problem solving and then player versus player strategy is probably better for like planning long-term planning and problem solving as well there have also been some studies that, that suggest that it helps reverse the negative effects of aging or at the very least helps prevent them it's kind of like the same thing i was saying earlier you know you can't have muscle atrophy as much if you continue using them like if you don't use it you lose it so if you keep your brain sharp for longer, the less it's gonna like impede, like impede on you. But I don't really know how much it actually reverses it. I feel like it's just I don't think it reverses preventative. It. I think it's more preventative. preventative. Yeah. yeah, because I know that they've used video games in old old people uh, to help them retain things like memory and those like problem solving skills, thinking in three D, spatial awareness, that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, it also can help improve your mental state. Games are fun, so you're not only like improving your brain function a little bit, but you're having fun, which- Depending on the game. That's true. Some of the good Yeah, pretty games like <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But yeah. if you're playing a fun game, then you're gonna be happier in the short term, and that's also gonna do a lot for your overall mentality in general. Uh, and then depending on the games you're playing, mostly video games, they also help fine motor skills. You can't 
react fast with your hands, you're gonna lose the game. So you're gonna start getting better at reacting fast by clicking the buttons faster, or having better control over where your mouse cursor is. So video games are pretty good all around. They're like a good like brain exercise. Unless you're in college, then you already have enough brain exercise. This is like the fun brain exercise. Yeah, this could be your downtime outside of college, like recover. Downtime? <laughs> Downtime? You downtime? You got down. You guys are getting paid. How much <laughs> <laughs> downtime you got? You got downtime? Are you sure you're in college? Yeah, you're not in college if you have downtime. downtime. But before we go, guys, I just want to mention that if this episode gets 25 plays, me and Aiden will learn all Queen's chess on Instagram Live. So if you guys want that to happen. Share this with all your friends. Yeah. Get us out. All there. Queen's Chess, we're gonna, we have never played this before. So we're gonna, we're gonna be like, we're gonna look like idiots. Yeah. <laughs> any, any of those professional All Queen's Chess players who listen, we're sorry. We are sorry. We are gonna disgrace the game. But you know what? It'll be fun. And the winner has to eat a uh, bull penis. You're gonna eat bull penis, anyways. So are you. I'm fine with it, though. Anyways, uh, we're gonna be folding for, the, for this episode now. Thanks for listening. Check us out on our stuff. I right, see. See you guys later.